learn that death is not the end of the new flesh. Long live the new flesh. I was hoping you'd be back. All right, everybody. I hit record. Welcome to the New Flesh Podcast. This is a very rare instance of uh, this is the New Flesh Podcast after dark. It is right. ten minutes to nine p.m. on a on a Friday night, if you can believe it. Um, we all, you know, canceled our usual busy Friday night soirees, the like orgies that happen in New York, and like the secret raves, the secret, the, yeah, the warehouse raves yeah, that we've all been going of my to. girlfriends are furious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we're just hunkering down because we all got big plans uh, next week, and we know this is the final week of the Saw franchise on the New Flesh podcast. We are talking about Jigsaw today. A movie that came, God, what is it, six years after the last one? Something like that? I like so. 2017? Uh, um, I think seven. I think it was the end of 2017, so it would have been yeah, seven. Yeah, yeah, that's right, because Saw 3D was 2010. God, it makes me, makes me I remember, feel old. I remember because I was walking past it on the way to Thor Ragnarok, and coming out of <laughs> Thor Ragnarok, I could hear like all the buzzsaws and the screaming, and I thought, that sounds better. <laughs> yeah um i guess we'll get into if it is if it is or isn't better than thor ragnarok is kind of where we're, this podcast is uh is going to be about today uh our guest today is tom phillip uh friend of the show past and future guest he's here yet again uh i feel like you've been watching the saw movies along with us or at least um in recent re- recently you've been watching them yeah, um, I, I don't think this is going to come as a shock to anyone, but I've had nothing to do for the last year or so. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm very, I'm a very suggestible person. So when someone logs something on Letterboxd, say they're going to do a rewatch of all the Saw movies, instantly the only idea I can possibly <laughs> have is I'm going to rewatch all the Saw movies. I I love. I actually feel that I'm very similar in that uh, <laughs> the Esquire, like some yachts from Esquire UK, actually. Uh, put out a list of like they're all the best picture movies ranked except for one of them the movie marty great movie yeah i've I've never seen it he's and neither had this guy he just ranked it in the middle and was like i've never seen this one so therefore Uh, it is just right in the middle it's just like very diplomatic it's like 61st out of nine but anyway (laughs) the point is that i was like that immediately made me want to do nothing except watch the movie marty i was like i'm gonna get one over on this guy it is staggeringly good it was it's, it's it it cycles between being on TCM and Criterion like I it's always it's, on there. It's uh, right what now an, it's on Tubi, so ooh. I'm definitely gonna watch it. What an interesting blind spot to have seen all the best picture winners except right? for Marty, and then yeah. I mean because at that point I'm I wonder if it was like a coincidence or because that at that point you would have to be like. Oh, I will actually have to incorporate into my personality that I've seen all the best picture winners except, except Marty. Marty, which <laughs> is Marty's like a very in... lovely movie with Ernest Borgnine. Like, there's nothing. Yeah, if he... Marty's in a bar, I will have to walk out. <laughs> yeah. like... <laughs> he watched Wings or whatever. I think you know. I actually, I didn't. I stopped reading at that point because I decided it was maybe not worth my time. So it's possible that as you went up the list, it was just like forty-two. Uh, you know, uh, uh, Shakespeare, I Shakespeare in Love was with what well, I'm trying to make this accurate. 42, Titanic, haven't seen it. You know, yeah, <laughs> right. It's possible they had like 50 of them he hadn't seen it because I stopped reading, but it seemed like Marty was the only one. <laughs> so weird. Well, God bless the content machine and the fact that it's just constantly churning. 
gonna so, make a list of only Marty. <laughs> it's gonna yeah, be my <laughs> best Martys in cinema. Uh, Marty titular. Um, yeah. I can't think of any yeah. others at the top of my Marty head. McFly. Marty McFly. Oh Jesus! One. Yeah, that's a pretty big one. Yeah. And oh, when uh, sneakers. Sorry, I'm gonna actually. I'm sorry. I don't mean to sincerely answer this question. <laughs> if you think of any other Martys will, in the middle of the episode, just count shout Marty out. himself. Uh, from the film oh, like, Marty or Marty Martin Scorsese? Scorsese? Yeah. Yeah, I, I feel like there's probably some movie where someone call, he, where he's in it and someone calls him Marty. So I feel like I I'm, I'm not on Marty terms with him, but I feel like a lot of people are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you definitely Fran Lebowitz. People on Twitter. Yeah. Fran Lebowitz yeah. says she really cuts him up. He, I don't know if you guys watched that Netflix thing with Marty and 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 her, but she, she, he, everything she says is the funniest thing Martin Scorsese's ever heard, and it's a it's a delight to watch him. Uh, react but we're not talking about any of this shit uh we're talking about jigsaw <laughs> and, and actually i want to talk a little bit about mortal Kombat only if jesse doesn't mind us gabbing about it because he hasn't Is seen it, it yet be spoilery guys because i'm seeing it tomorrow i don't uh, want to be it's absolutely it's absolutely going to be spoiler no. <laughs> we don't have to talk about it then um no no i'm just I mean, this film is nothing but things happening. Yeah. Like, there's nothing. There's no theme. There's yeah, no there's nothing character. we could spoil, to be honest with you. Yeah. But uh, this movie is fresh to HBO Max and also cinemas, where I went and saw it. In uh, went and saw it at the flagship AMC Dolby screen at the uh, AMC Empire Twenty Five in Times Square with a sold out, and by that I mean thirty three percent capacity uh, capped screening. Um, yeah, so Tom and I will talk about that in a second, uh, and Jesse can plug his ears, do the earmuffs thing from from old school. I'm already sorry you have to edit this. This is going to be a disaster. Oh, I'm not editing anything. Are you kidding me? Never, never, never. Um, before usually I've been uh, doing the news up top with Jesse and then calling in our guests, but it's fucking new flesh after dark. The rules don't apply here. Much like. They don't Much apply. Like the yes, seventeen or eighteen film. Exactly. Or whatever it is. The, the, the Lily for starring hey, Emily in Paris. <laughs> he just ripped a piece of paper. Can can he do that? Can he do that? I love asking. <laughs> can he do that? Yeah, that's my favorite. that's my new thing. Um, all right. So news. Uh, the pertinent news of the week. The first thing I'm going to bring up is that today it was announced, or it was more was less so announced. More so as there was an interview in Deadline with the Lionsgate television chairman, Kevin Beggs, who revealed that Lionsgate's in active development on a American Psycho series, which is like whatever. But they're also exploring what we can do in television with something like the Saw franchise. So that's a conversation. Beggs would not elaborate further, but I hear the Lionsgate TV is in early talks on a TV series adaptation of what they're calling the Book of Saw from Mark Berg and Oren Cool's Twisted Television. The Saw film franchise, you know, has grossed over a billion dollars and has been long been rumored as ripe for a TV expansion. So from what we know about Spiral, which is titled, I believe, Spiral from the Book of Saw, it sounds mm-hmm. like they're really trying to go hard with like an MCU-style Saw-verse <laughs> with this Book of Saw. Tom, what do you think of this? Uh, I, my gut instinct is that this show will obviously just be a procedural. Um, all of my favorite elements of the Saw films, they're yeah. gonna just, it's just <laughs> all, just oops, up. oops, all SWAT raids. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, I think there's going to be I think there's going to be a lot of spray paint. I think there's going to be a lot of uh, video static. Um, I mean, Saw 3D gave us our first eight track tape with a jigsaw tape on it. Uh, What new realms? Well, this film gave us a flash drive, which is nice and modern. I want to see him. Uh, I want to see Jigsaw delivering messages on 180 gram colored vinyl. <laughs> limited edition. Limited yeah. edition drop you go only. Go to Record Store Day. Yeah. yeah, you go to Record yeah. Store Day and pick up the new Jigsaw, and then he tells you why you're like, going to be get your fingers ripped off. You ordered from <laughs> Amazon you instead of one time. You sold. You sold me a velvet, <laughs> a velvet underground bootleg. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh no! Yeah. American oh, store boy. clerks—they have a lot to worry about. I think if Jigsaw's on the case, out, there must be some people out there in the Soul universe who like remember him because he probably is an off-frequent like retail complaint. <laughs> I think one, this like, era, like Jigsaw era Jigsaw, which we'll get into when that was, but this era of Jigsaw, he's got a soul patch, and he's definitely <laughs> at the record store. <laughs> He's uh, hope wearing his young person disguise that we see in Saw, the final so, chapter. Uh, shop local. Uh, don't <laughs> buy on Amazon. If you use an Amazon link, you will end up in a trap. Um, so yeah, Lionsgate TV is up to no good with all that stuff. And they're also doing the John Wick show, which I'm, I think I'm, I'm choosing to believe they listened to the New Flesh podcast and heard me say that I want to see a TV show about the hotel, uh, that the series, uh, you know, the, the movie takes a turn where it gets all very mythology based. And I know on this podcast, we joked about it being a show. And then very quickly after it was announced, I'm just saying, what if I really believe that? There's... <laughs> I don't was, really believe it. It was in development somewhere else for a while, though, wasn't it? It was called yeah. The Continental. Yeah. yeah, it's called yeah. The Continental. It is happening. I believe it's at show. No, it's at Stars, And it it is apparently like, I think it's filmed. Uh, they talk about it in this interview, which I didn't read because this is Friday night, baby. And anything goes. I'm not even reading the news that I'm supposed to be reading. Uh, there's a new Haunted Mansion movie coming from uh, writer Katie Dippold, writer of uh, Ghostbusters 2016, uh, colon, Lady Ghostbusters, colon, Answer the Call. Uh, but more famously, she's the writer of the tweet where she's dressed up as Duke at a adult-themed costume party, which is a great tweet. But she wrote this script for Disney, and now it's just been reported that Justin Simeon, who directed Dear White People, the movie, and also, I believe, is a creator and director of the show, and he just did that movie Bad Hair that was a Hulu movie, which was, like, halfway there for me to being, like, interesting. Um but this is a movie based on a Disney attraction, so halfway to interesting would be a, a delight. <laughs> if like that, a huge improvement. Yeah, if that's what it ends up being. I remember seeing the Eddie Murphy one in theaters when it came out back in 2003. I've never seen it. The Rob Minkoff joint? You've never, yeah, seen, I've never that? seen that? It's one of the Minkoffs I haven't seen. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know if you guys are ready to hear this, but insiders say... I'm going to, you know, put on my sleuth hat here. Insiders say this is going to be a completely different take as a film that stands completely on its own. It's not going to be a mansion and there will be no ghosts whatsoever. Yeah, I don't know what that means for them. But let's talk about um, let's talk about Netflix Windows and, and Disney and Sony and 
there's all this hubbub in the news. Disney and Sony reached a multi-year deal for the post-pay one release window, a pact that will make Spider-Man and other major franchises eligible to stream on Disney Plus for the first time. Can you explain this to me, Jesse? Do you know anything about this? Jesus. I, if I understand it correctly, it just is like a new pathway for Sony movies, which I guess have been typically going to Netflix kind of after their VOD window is over. And now they're going to still do that, but then eventually wind up at Disney Plus the way that one might, if they, if, if Crackle were a going, real going concern, instead they would normally go to Crackle, I assume. Crackle spent channel. all their budget on <laughs> Joe Dirt 2. Yeah. And they don't you know, have any you know, more money. I'm pretty sure right now, I don't, and I feel embarrassed that I know this, but I was like, I'm, because the 20th anniversary of Joe Dirt recently passed. I'm like a big SNL guy, and I've never seen Joe Dirt. And I was like, oh. time for the fire up Crackle. Watch Joe Dirt and possibly Joe Dirt too, and American Hero available. or something. American What's Zero. It? What's the American, subtitle uh, of the second one? Oh, Beautiful Loser. Oh, that's even worse <laughs> than I thought. They're halfway there. They're yeah. half right. Um, I, I'm pretty sure neither of those movies are on Crackle right now. I think. <laughs> Did Crackle lose <laughs> the rights like, to their own movie? <laughs> I don't know what's going on at Crackle, but I can't watch Joe Dirt for free, so I bid them good day, and I will not be watching it. You know, we uh, talk a little bit about the we talk a little bit about the theater window, the VOD window. No one talks about the Crackle window, which is, crackle seems window to be closing. Is broken. It's the Crackle yeah. window is actually operated by a single employee at an office in Santa Monica, and he it's literally just, has to wind the window open. One old man holding a rope. Yeah. You can see him shaking. Yeah. <laughs> We had Joe Dirt too, but someone ran off with it. <laughs> they misplaced it. Yeah. Yeah. They but... actually, the greatest, they just deleted it, and they were like, "Whoops, it's gone." I uh, mean, I just that, but I thought of yeah. Crackle during this announcement because I was like, "They must feel like a fucking like Mike must feel like the assholes there." Oh yeah, so like Crackle tried. There's, there's... I was gonna say Crackle tried to make themselves a thing for a minute. I feel like they had something else besides Joe Dirt too. Um, uh-huh. but I can't know. I don't know what it is. So that speaks to where they're I'm, at. I'm absolutely convinced that I'm from a Mandela universe where Crackle died in like 2016. Like, oh, for it sure. Me it, it did. Still... Well, it was different. Like Crackle to me, like it's almost like an e-bombs world style website. Like when I remember it, like it had like it hosted videos. Like it was like a. Are you thinking about cracked? Are you thinking of cracked? Uh, I, I might be thinking of cracked, which is now a podcast on Earwolf. Everything on the internet just eats itself, is what I'm yeah. learning here. Yeah. But uh, well, the Sony, it's weird because the Sony things. It's one of those things that's hyped very heavily, and all that really says is like in the future, some new releases from Sony may wind up on Disney Plus or Hulu because like you know they're not going to. It's put like any, the new like, real Sony. This is Plus. yeah. This is the new era of trade reporting on like when the syndication rights to King of Queens go to CBS. Now it's like these things are going to streamers. So yeah. it's just be, that's what the reporting is. But basically, the yeah. news of it is theatrical releases from 2022 to 2026 will move to Disney after their runs on Netflix, which earlier this month announced a deal with Sony for a pay one exclusive as well as co-production rights to direct to streaming films. Financial terms were not discussed. A person familiar with their pact estimated the total combined value of the Netflix and Disney deals at more than $3 billion. Library rights to franchises like Spider-Man, Jumanji. God, I can't believe Jumanji's a franchise now. Uh, And Hotel Transylvania and others are part of the package. Uh, That's enough talking about this shit. Um, The... Conjuring 3 trailer just dropped and I have making a concerted effort not to watch it 
as I do with all horror trailers and movies I'm interested in. Uh, in fact, I went and saw you know Mortal Kombat today, and this movie was attached to it, and I put my mask over my eyes because <laughs> I didn't want to see that nice. shit. So uh, it sounded cool, and uh, the reaction from the crowd was people were excited to see it. Uh, the Conjuring, it's been a long time. Conjuring 2 was like, give me a year. It has to be... 2016. Yeah, it was like like early... I don't even... I feel like it was before Trump was president that movie came out, which yeah, it would have been, feels yeah. crazy. Feels it fucking... It was summer insane. 2016. Yeah, yeah. I, I saw Should I catch up with it before... Oh, yeah. Before what do you think, Tom? I haven't seen it since it came out, but I remember liking both these movies. It's, it's a lot of know, movie. Like, yeah, it's you know it's it's a solid two hours fifteen, I think. Um, it's about as long as Cruella is reported to be. <laughs> oh, interesting. Yeah, unfortunately. Uh, you know, it's a, it, it's a con- it's a conjuring film. You're, you, did you see you, the first you, you, one? You're gonna get what you're gonna get. Yeah, just... I did see the first one, and I, I liked it a lot. I just never, you know, I think that I that's the only way I knew twenty sixteen seems so right because my kid was born in late 2015 and I was like, Oh, I, I didn't see this in 2016. That tracks, <laughs> but like not out of, you know, indifference. I like horror movies. I like conjuring one. I was maybe a little like, okay, more of this. I don't know how essential it seems, but even though I liked the first one a lot, uh, and I've seen all the insidiouses weirdly. <laughs> Insidiouses, I like almost all of them. In fact, I, uh, eh, I like all of them to like, varying yeah, degrees. Like <laughs> um, and like conjuring has spawned a lot of bad spinoffs. Like are the nun is really bad. The, I've never seen the, movie. the An- Annabelle one I didn't like, Annabelle two I liked a lot, and Annabelle three. I watched Annabelle one recently like. and it holds up a bit better. Yeah, I've heard that from a few people, and I believe it's actually directed. Isn't it directed by John Arlianetti, who directed Mortal Kombat Annihilation? Yes. I no wait no did he yes yes I, think I believe that's, right. that's a think fact that, unfortunate that's true. A, a weird fact that guy's <laughs> got a weird career but I hadn't seen Mortal Kombat nor had I seen. Mortal Kombat Annihilation until this week. And I got to say, sorry, Paul W.S. Anderson, uh, uh, a tourist. I think the John <laughs> Leonetti version is better. The really... The yeah, it's so... Like, the effects haven't aged well at all. It looks like garbage. And uh, just the, like, the look of everything is so garish. And I don't know. I enjoyed it. I talked describing how bad it is. And I'm like, I loved it. <laughs> But uh, it it definitely knows it's a movie that's about a fighting based on like an arcade style fighting game. It's not trying to be anything else. Uh, Unlike this fucking movie that just came out that um, we're not going to talk about, but we're maybe going to talk a little bit about. Um, What other news do I have? Mindhunter season three. David Fincher previously was like, I don't want to do it. And now they're apparently they're in talks. uh, Netflix is in talks with David Fincher to do it. So a third season will probably happen eventually. Uh, Brian Duffield, who did, who wrote and directed a really good movie called Spontaneous. That movie, Spontaneous, is now on Hulu and Amazon Prime, and it will be a part of our catch-up episode in a couple weeks. Oh, excellent. I've been meaning to watch it, so I will catch up with it. Yes, and Brian Duffield just announced another movie, a horror movie called No One Will Save You, and guess who's going to star? Booksmart star Caitlin Dever. Oh, cool. Yeah, plot details are under wraps. We don't know nothing about it. Um, what's going on? Nothing else. Uh, A24, St. Maud is coming to Amazon Prime. This movie that's been like, you know, hard to, hard to watch. I saw it a year ago in a screening room and then it was just like impossible to find for, or they didn't release it. 
until I don't know a few months yeah. ago. It got like a stealth yeah. release that didn't really count, and now it's going to be on Amazon Prime and on Hulu on May thirteenth. So no excuses. Check it out. <clears throat> and uh, Rob Zombie, we mentioned in the past, is working on the Monsters. Uh, a new interpretation of the monsters, which is going to film in Budapest. And apparently the monsters is going to be a Peacock original exclusive that will open day and date in theaters via universal pictures, similar to what Warner brothers is doing with HBO max. This is a, a, a speculation from bloody disgusting who's, you know, some, their exclusives are pan out to be right sometimes. So maybe he's right, but, uh, Rob zombies, <laughs> The monsters. Yeah. Finally, all the dialogue scenes from Rob Zombie movies will have their their place to shine. <laughs> Flappy ass tits. That's all I got. That's, that's the He's like he's but... eating breakfast really grossly while yeah, he says yeah. it. Yeah, you're gonna be yeah exactly. They're gonna be eating old cereal out of out of directly out of the box. All right, quick before we go jump into Jigsaw, um, Jesse, feel free to plug your ears if you really don't want to hear about <laughs> uh, Mortal Kombat. I'm just, just going to say, just cool, um, extremely bold move to make a movie called Mortal Kombat, which is ostensibly a movie about a, the titular tournament, the Mortal Kombat tournament. They made a movie about it, and they didn't have one. There's no, there's no yeah. Mortal Kombat tournament in this movie. <laughs> the plot of the movie is about preventing a tournament. <laughs> it is completely batshit. Um there's some elements I like, like early on, there's a scene that basically feels like it's ripped from Hellraiser 3, Hell on Earth, where it's just like Sub-Zero's like on Earth, just walking down the street, fucking shit up with, 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 yes. this, with this freezing ability. And uh, so like all these characters from like the other realms that this movie takes place in are coming and like, that's cool. It felt like the Cenobites arriving. And then the rest of the fucking movie happens. And it's like... The longest middle I've ever seen in my life. It's very boring. You don't really get any nasty fatalities until the very end or any real one-on-one fights. Um, And all that stuff feels like an afterthought, and it should have been the main event. It's just such a poorly directed movie, very poorly edited. Scenes don't even lead into each other in, like, a natural way. And it just... To me, it the problem with this movie is it plays like it's like a prequel to a movie that doesn't exist. It's so plagued by this is an origin story. Like how do we? How did Kano get that scratch? And how did Jax get those arms? Which is all stuff you'd expect in a prequel, which just ostensibly is not. So like, it just feels like a setup for a movie that it, it's basically like what the Marvel movies became, which is like this one is a sequel or a you know a trailer for the next one. But this is a pretty egregious, like, yeah, nothing really happens in this one. And um, only so many movies have the leeway to open with a man screaming, Mortal Kombat! <laughs> as techno blares. And they don't I, even I, I do would that. I say a very limited number of movies. <laughs> yeah, like, I there's, think of one or two. Yeah, there's one or two. And this was the third one. And they didn't do that. I mean, it, it does end with that. But, like, by the time that happens, you're like... Yeah, the energy here is what I needed earlier. <laughs> um, Tom, I just ranted a little, so I'll let you go off. Um, no, I think you're right. I also, um, I wish I had it in me to care more. I think I, I told you earlier, I haven't played the games. I haven't seen the previous films. Um, I, I, I came into this film knowing what I know through um, glimpses on Friends TVs and uh, like parodies of it. 
It's like when you watch Citizen Kane as an adult and you're like, oh, I've seen all of this on The Simpsons. <laughs> yeah, the Kane from Citizen Kane is at the museum. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, but the one thing that the one the one thing that annoyed me that annoys me um that's been going on for, for a long time before deadpool but i'll just call it a deadpool it's like every film feels like it needs a deadpool now like um i can't think of the number of like uh cultural references kano made that i suppose were in the cadence of jokes but weren't jokes um he just where... keeps referencing shit. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. A lot of it, it's not even like it's ADR'd in, too. Like, it's in the script. Like, they really, like, a lot of these things you can tell are like, oh, yeah, they just ADR'd in, uh, you know, someone did a, a punch-up on this, and they threw in some lines. But, like, Kano, like, is very central to everything. Like, Kano is such a big part of this movie, and he, he gets the most dialogue. <laughs> and it's the all annoying. time... The first time he sees actual magic, like to me, that would ruin my life. Like I, it, I would like throw up. I would faint. I would be like, "What did I just see?" <laughs> and I think his first reaction is just to shout at this like obviously powerful like demigod, "Oi, David Copperfield!" Uh, yeah. Which one is funny? And then two, like, who is that joke for? Like, <laughs> it's for the the twenty percent of other people that were at the Times Square screening who were laughing just at the everything. <laughs> Does the 18 to 49 demo really care about <laughs> David Copperfield anymore? There, he's actually referencing the film that stars Dev Patel. He's not referencing uh, the magician. Yeah. I would get, I, see, yeah, no, I mean, wizards are delightful, so I think he's right on that count. <laughs> this movie, the, even the score was so generic, it felt like it was ripped from Sam Raimi's Spider-Man. Like, it's just like generic swooping themes. Uh, Goro looked better when he was a very poorly operated animatronic. Uh, the CGI is a little dodgy. Um, it looks like they just used like leftover stuff they stole from like the Incredible Hulk. They just like yeah. broke into the Universal warehouse and like stole a bunch of uh, Incredible Hulk footage and then just added new arms to him. Like it has its moments though. Like uh, I love the video gamey feel of the end section. Where it's like, oh, we're in the void now. And I was like, oh, this is like a loading screen before the battles. And then, like, it does, it like manufactures a way to get people into one on one fights in different settings. And I'm like, oh, this is like what Mortal Kombat should be. And I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm glad you found time for that in your two hour movie that's about a bunch of other bullshit. Uh, it's just like stunning how little this movie cares about Mortal Kombat. It's, uh, it feels very kind of early mid 2000s where films about stuff were afraid to be the things they were about so it's like this is a more, more combat movie obviously it's like more uh there's more viscera than i think most Mortal combat movies have had in the past yes. um like true to the games but so, not even but like, enough still, yeah it's still Mortal combat if they did a scene where they just said fuck it and they put the video game score in, and they had little health bars on either yeah. side of the screen. I wouldn't question it. People would fucking hoot and holler in the movie theater. It would be the coolest thing yeah. on earth. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's mostly a missed opportunity. Sorry to shit all over it. Uh, but actually, I think that's good for Jesse, <laughs> because now your expectations I, are lowered. This is a, it's a vast mystery to me, because while, of course, what you guys are saying sounds very convincing, I've also read some stuff from critics who are sometimes like-minded with me in similar areas like yeah. Karen Han who I read a lot and is a yeah. real nice lady uh liked it a lot and she was also really into Emma liked World it a Engines. lot too 
Yeah, yeah. Stefanski liked it a lot. So I was like, okay, some people who like the silly stuff I like, like Aquaman or Mortal Engines or whatever, like this. Yeah. So it's, it's it's just rare that I go into a movie not really certain what it what what the deal is going to be. So I'm kind of excited for that fun yeah. <laughs> journey. I, I'm gonna. I'll be honest. Off. I think I found it more watchable than you did, Brett. Yeah. Um, no, I mean. I definitely found it watchable. Like I wasn't ever mad at it. I just think it has like this the fucking a middle hour of it is like boring. It's just like nothing is really happening, and I just couldn't believe what the actual premise of the movie is, and how like it's just to me it's focused on all the wrong things. It's very origin. We got to get each character has to earn their power, and then each character. Yeah, you mentioned that they show Jacks getting his arms, and just brought to mind. I haven't finished rewatching Mortal Kombat Annihilation. But uh, is it more? Yeah, it's more Kombat Annihilation, where he's introduced by the the girl Sonia, I think, going in at just this random lab, and he's there on a table with metal arms, and she says something to the to the that's like roughly, "What have oh, what have you done now?" <laughs> like, yeah, she seems completely unsurprised. She's just like, "What do you do?" Oh boy, Jax, you again with your metal arms, <laughs> and that's it. That's that's the explanation you get for his metal arms. I love it. I have one specific question about the metal arms. Uh, this might be a bit of a no, it's not. A, it's not a deep spoiler, really. But um, so he gets these really flimsy, like comedy metal arms for a while in the movie, which to me was a delight. I wanted more of that. <laughs> uh, I wanted to see him with like those uh, Boston robotics arms the whole fucking movie. Uh, <laughs> he, could, he could like barely. He could just like barely pick up like a, he could barely pick up like a cupcake. It's really, yeah. it's really funny. No, and like then this movie believes in himself more, and then. <laughs> suddenly better arms appear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's kind of the energy of this movie. Like he, what he just described does happen and um <laughs> it is unbelievable. Yeah, it's you know, I want to be like it's a kids movie, but I'm like it's not. It's R-rated. It's also rated R. Right? It's it's an R-rated <laughs> film. It's not for kids. Um it definitely had some I heard described as an uh, uh, like an R-rated movie for elementary schoolers, which yes, is, is hilarious. That's to me. exactly what it is. And like I- I'm bummed because I don't know. I just want it to be like, yeah, they're get people are getting together for a tournament. And they're going to fight, and this movie is actively working against that notion. It's like, nah, absolutely not. Mortal Kombat being about a fighting tournament, get the get real. No way. This is going to be about Sub Zero coming to Earth like another fucking like 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 Doctor Manhattan or something. And then <laughs> Scorpion coming out of nowhere. <laughs> um, I'm not even going to get into it. It's just. Um, I'm excited to talk about it on our wrap-up episode in like two weeks when Jesse's seen it and already forgotten about it. There are it. <laughs> also just obviously it's magic. It's obviously it's magic ice, but there are so many ways to beat ice. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They even have a fire guy, and they never really put a plan into action. <laughs> yeah, no, it's 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 a frustrating film. Um, but speaking of frustrating films, I think it's a perfect time to transition yep. right into the into the reason everybody's here. Put the kids to bed. It's time for New Flesh After Dark presents Jigsaw. And then I would do like an audio drop here if I, you know, spend any time editing this in post. But I don't. So we're just going to keep on trucking. Uh, Jigsaw. People that insisted it wasn't a sequel and it keeps insisting it isn't a sequel, even though it's a, it's just a bad one. <laughs> yeah. It's like this isn't your uh, your father's saw. 
this is different. It looks different. Uh, we shot it in scope this time. Look at the bars on the top and bottom of your screen. This is classy, fancy saw. Look, it has a car chase at the beginning. This takes place outside. This isn't claustrophobic anymore. This is completely different. This has nothing to do with the stuff you saw before. It's a different set of characters. Um, the color, the sickly, yeah. the sickly green grime scrubbed away. Scrubbed away because the Spirit Brothers said, fuck that shit. I want it to look as sterile and clean and boring as possible. Um, <laughs> Tom, let's just talk about your relationship with the rest of the franchise and then this movie before we go any further. Right. Um, well, I was, um, even up, up until around 2015, I was scared of all horror films, um, which actually I think is an origin story for more horror fans than uh, than... I would have imagined, which was that like I really, I didn't want to go to a movie theater if there was really a chance of a jump scare or anything like that. Um, I did not like, uh, I did not like gore um, really that much. And um, so it would have been, so I, I was at a uh, sleepover in 2006, so I would have been 14. And uh, someone whipped out a DVD of Saw 2 and um, I think I watched like half of that through my fingers. Um, <laughs> and it did, you know, it did fuck me up. Um, but, you know, my sister used to, she was a, she was like Saw's ideal consumer. Like, um, you know, she would go every year to watch the paranormal activity and Saw movies. Um, sometimes she would like be eating a pasta dinner watching Saw, um, <laughs> which like, I'm, a, I, 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 I watch a lot of horror now, um, but I wouldn't say that Saw necessarily strikes me as like a mealtime movie. By Saw, I'm just about yeah. any, any Saw. Um, and so I, I came into the franchise late. I think I only watched them all within the last like two years. Um, but um, so that's my relationship with Saw is um, one of, I think a lot of horror fans like playful antagonism on both our sides um, <laughs> really, really, really doesn't feel like they want me to like them as much as, as much as I don't. <laughs> That's a good way to put it. I like that. Um, yeah. It's funny. We've talked about Jigsaw on this podcast. I've been doing this podcast so fucking long that we talked about it on opening weekend with Scout Tafoya, and I'm pretty sure he was pretty keen on it. And I was pretty like, eh, it was okay. Uh, I definitely think it's gotten worse with a with time. I think it's especially after rewatching them because I think the last time I saw it in theaters, I'd only seen each saw probably twice or like I saw the first few a few times. Like I bought, I also I was the person bringing Saw Two to sleepovers. I had <laughs> Saw Two. I had all the DVDs. Fuck you. Yeah, I was that guy. So I had seen, you know, I don't know this movie. It did not hold up for me at all. I think it's the worst one by far. I just think it like fundamentally misunderstands what these movies are supposed to be. And listening to the commentary with the producers and then actually watching this weird behind the scenes documentary that actually was the only thing that had some Spirit Brothers commentary on it. Like they kind of openly disdain these movies. Like they reject the torture porn label. They say these movies, you know, we don't want we don't want to make torture porn. We did everything in our power to veer away from the brutality. Like these are their words. 
And I thought <laughs> I thought that showed in the movie. Like this movie's very toothless. That's, that, that that's like as insane as like some of the jigsaw quotes. You can just hear him being like, "I did everything I could to shy away from the brutality." <laughs> yeah. Like and, and he's like driving like a spear into someone. Yeah, yeah. jigsaw is the master of gaslighting. Truly, <laughs> it really is. Like you made me do this as he's as he's like slowly like picking off someone's fingernails with like a little robot. <laughs> but to find out dip. that it that it was toothless by design and to hear them talk excitedly about how to make this movie more accessible i was just like turned off i'm like well they fundamentally misunderstand what i want out of these movies <laughs> um and they and the producers and them all kept saying you know this isn't saw eight we really did not want to make a saw eight that connects to the other shit <laughs> Uh, the Spirit Brothers wanted to make it their own, so they rejected everything from the look of it to the sound of it to the look of the gore. And the crazy thing is, while watching the special features, you see all the nasty practical prosthetics and how gross it looks. And the movie barely points a fucking camera at any of that. Like, all the horrific stuff is kind of, like, removed. And, like, the a big centerpiece of this movie is, like, the spiralizer. And, like, the scene with the spiralizer fucking sucks. You can't tell what's happening. And yeah. then they like, barely, like, they throw like a corpse on the ground and that's it. And you can tell it's mangled, um, but they barely show it. And on the DVD, like, you can see more of it and it's really gross and it's nasty and they should have lingered on it. So um, the post spiralizer scene is fantastic when they open the closet and then that, uh, and then this uh, yes. other spiralized corpse, like, kind yes. of, like shoots down. <laughs> At that point, I was like, oh, like this, that's better than the trap. Yes. Like, what is the trap? Like, because the movie, the way the movie conceives it, it's like, yeah, we're going to drop this guy in there and he's going to get cut to shit and spiralized. Like the, the, the producers talk about it being inspired by a countertop like vegetable spiralizer. But you don't see that on screen in any way. Like you're just they just throw him in there and then like his body falls out. It's like they completely forgot to do it. just damning to admit like you're just like thinking up the traps for the new soul movie you're probably just standing walking around the kitchen (laughs) (laughs) it's like the scene from family guy where the peter griffin's trying to think of a fake name and then like he ends up saying peter griffin uh because of all the things flying in the room at the time um yeah it's completely fucking griffin flies past yes yes and he looks at a p and someone's crying it's a classic classic scene um but like on this behind the scenes you also heard the writers talking about fighting with the spirit brothers over their traps and the scenes that they were describing as like they keep teasing it they won't talk about it but they're like oh these scenes we wrote were on another level they were like so brutal and they keep referring to this ending trap that got excised in favor of that crazy laser ending and they don't say what it is they're just like oh it's this 10 minute long sequence it's totally crazy we're not going to tell you what it is because we want to use it in a future movie uh (laughs) Which is always a fun way to <laughs> to experience something, but uh, I'm I'm going off the deep end before uh, I've had, I let Jesse even speak. So Jesse, what did you th- what did you see this movie in theaters? I did. I bittersweet. I mean, I, I did. You know, I was thinking about it. I wrote reviews of some of the older Saw movies uh, for like a, a kind of dinky website called FilmCritic.com, uh, where it was you know didn't pay very much and it was very easy to get 
titles if they didn't screen for critics. So hey, I would jump move, in and movies.com was my homepage for a very long time. <laughs> oh, <laughs> movies.com. That's that's classy stuff. This I do I do like the idea of filmcritic.com of like a guy who very much wants people to think he's a film critic. He's like, don't believe me, check my website. <laughs> <laughs> I know it should at least have been pluralized because there were more than one. It was someone else's web. But yeah, uh, it was eventually sold to the AMC company, the the cable network, not the movie uh, chain, and dismantled. Uh, Why so would they are... do that? Did someone write a bad review of an AMC thing or something? <laughs> Just like this is it. Yeah, We've got to take this thing down. Uh, yeah, no, I don't. So. Those reviews are all more or less scrubbed from the internet, uh, against which is fine. That's my no one needs to see stuff I wrote when I was twenty six. Um, but Jigsaw, I went out and saw on Thursday night when it opened. Oh yeah, uh, because I was reviewing it for the AV Club because again they still weren't screening these things for critics and they needed someone who had seen the other Saw movies. Well, these movies are is... for the fans. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah. so I went out. I did go out and see it. I saw it by myself. Uh, I usually saw these movies with my girlfriend then wife who was into horror movies but with the kid you know i just went out and saw it on a 7 p.m on a, on a thursday and she actually never saw it until last night or whatever it was yeah i think it was last night that we rewatched it i rewatched it she saw it for the first time um i was definitely so i was excited because i hadn't seen a saw movie in seven years i was like ready to get back into it the bad taste of the final chapter uh-huh. had just left had was no longer in my mouth uh, so I was like, all right, yeah, I like the Spirit Brothers other movies. I really liked um, Predestination. I know Brett is a fan of that love, one, too. Love it. Cool sci-fi movie that I was lucky enough to see in theaters and, and was a real surprise. Starring I Siobhan Dave. Roy of Succession yes. fame. That's right. Sarah Snook, who I really liked because of that movie, mainly. Uh, I liked Daybreakers. They also did another one they did with Ethan Hawke. Kind of a cool world buildy vampire movie. Cool movie. I thought I it was fun. I think there's a Willem Dafoe in there. Yeah, yeah, good stuff. So I was like, okay, it's some real, you know, they're not going back to this, you know, they didn't find like the costume designer from Saw <laughs> and hire them to make this, which is usually what they've been doing. So I was excited to see a Spirit Brothers Saw movie, but I, I, I don't dislike it as much as you, Brett, but I, you are right. It doesn't really feel like Saw, which I don't think is a bad thing necessarily. I don't mind superficially that it's like, in a different aspect ratio and sort of more conventionally attractive and the, the actors look less busted than your average Saw movie. <laughs> there, there they, they slapped some face tune. They slapped some face tune on Saw is really what they did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they tarted it up a little bit. Yeah. You know, uh, I didn't mind any of that. And I even think it like has kind of a cool structure. That's, that is very Saw where you're doing, okay. The, the sort of, you know, police side and the, you know, House of Horror side and trying to figure out how they're going to yoke together. And I think when they do yoke together, because I mean, there's not much plot wise, like it's a group of five people, just like in Saw 2 and some of the other ones, it, going through this gauntlet in a, in a barn somewhere. Uh, also not very Saw, to not have like rusty pipes. <laughs> and like, Again, by design, we're like yeah. a barn and like they call the room with the... <laughs> where they arrive with buckets on their heads. They call that the spaceship. They think it looks like a spaceship. <laughs> well, yeah, I guess if you're, you know, <laughs> can you believe uh, that shit? 
ship in that budget range would probably look like that, I guess, because this is still like a ten million dollar Saw movie rather than a fifty yeah. million dollar spaceship movie. Um, do they do they call every fried chicken place in Brooklyn the spaceship? There, <laughs> so, like, the same amount of metal on the walls. Yeah. It's just yeah. sheet metal. Yeah, it's so futuristic. <laughs> metal everywhere. Uh, yeah, so. I like, you know, it's it, it, it follows those characters and then it's cutting to, it's kind of interesting that you're the main people in this one or some of them seem to be like the, um, uh, you know, medical examiners as much as the cops. Um, yeah, like the pathologists. Sort of, yeah. And you sort of, you know, you're so you're wondering how these two things tie in. And the way they tie in, I think, is actually, I mean, it's pretty boilerplate. So, you know, the thing about this, I think, is that as much as it does depart, you know, in style, just visually and like, you know, like you said, it does blanch at some of the violence. They leave some of the violence out of focus in a way that's not that productive. I mean, it's like not scarier by suggestion, but it's also not scarier by showing. It's just not anything. Um, but it, it also kind of smacks of a very common trend of, I would say, of the more early in the 2010s. I think of like the not to make everything about superheroes, but like about the Amazing Spider-Man uh, reboot, where they're like, oh, this is different, this is different. And then like what they come up with is just kind of the same thing, slightly reordered. And, you know, because like what what's going on in terms of the time stuff in this movie and how it does reach back to this, some of the older films or, or the continuity of the older films and the connections and stuff. It's pretty typical Saw stuff. So for all the like visual departure, I think that's kind of where the disconnect of this movie comes from. Yeah. It looks different. It looks more polished and it looks less like it was all modeled off the same, you know, uh, $1 million movie shot in a Canadian basement, like kind of, <laughs> or Canadian looking basement. Um, but the actual writing of it is like the same, basically. I mean, it's not as like, Rococo in its in its plot turns in, but like what it's doing is not wildly different. So it's kind of, you kind of get a worst of both, where you don't have the pleasure of like re re-entering the grimy, stupid, convoluted saw world, but you also don't get really anything that new. I mean, like what the movie doesn't get, like. Well, I, hold I mean, on, I think it, you get something new. <laughs> you have a new character. His name is Logan, and he looks like <laughs> David Boreanaz's stunt double. <laughs> oh man. I wish I, uh, my, uh, yeah, that's, uh, my wife Marissa has been listening to this, so she sort of got the game on it, and it was, we're watching it, and she's like, that guy looks like Joel McHale's grandfather. <laughs> 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 and I was like, that's a fuck, I can't do that. I don't she, even she, have, she, she, I don't even fine. have a joke for this one, but I'm just like, he looks like Steve Ranazizi, the guy <laughs> from the league who said he was in the 9-11 attack. But, but was, was not. Question. In my, my trivia group, on, my trivia bar, tri virtual bar trivia on Wednesday, we couldn't come up with his name. He was ah, the answer to a very. Steve easy. I knew. I, did it. I could have helped Fuck. you. Yeah. Yeah. We we did win, but it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> but still, Matt Passmore, uh, yeah, so, the Australian yeah. David Boreanaz. Go on. Sorry. <laughs> that's, that's, one, yeah. that's one of my favorite online public Mia culpas. It's just like, yeah, I wasn't in 9/11. That's like the <laughs> easiest thing to check. It's the <laughs> most public thing that has happened in <laughs> incredible to like do a bit for a decade in which the premise is i survived 9-11 and then for it to just be not true i just love it it's the balls on that guy and he's been you know he wasn't canceled he's he's around he's, <laughs> he's uh yeah it, it, so i i just think the movie kind of like 
it zigs one way and then sort of zags back to uh, back to Sawland. But it doesn't, yeah, it doesn't really give the Saw fans what they want, but it also doesn't really, it's like, there's nothing here for anyone who, if you don't like Saw and came into this movie, you wouldn't be which like, no, is, that's more like Yes, it. which is what they're going for. They're like, we want to bring this to a new audience, like people who didn't see the other ones in theaters, they can come in and just, like, enjoy it. But then it ends up, like, hearkening back to the old shit anyway. Yeah. And it's like, so those people are going to be really confused when you're like, okay, who's this guy with the soul patch? who everyone's acting really weird around, like he's so important. And yeah. then it's like, eh, this was 10 years ago. And you're like, oh, okay. Um, I mean, the audacity, the sheer audacity of this movie to just do the Saw 2 twist again. I will say, I do probably prefer it to the final chapter because it, like... But you you're know, judging the, the final in- chapter on what it is, not what it could have been. <laughs> Yes, I am absolutely judging the final chapter on the actual movie, not the potential movie that was not made. Uh, That's really weird that you would do that, but okay, I'll I'll let you do that. (laughs) Weird flex, right? Yeah. Um, But I do, I I do prefer it maybe just on like you know, there's 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 plenty of uh, Tobin Bell, which I always like, and. The actors, I think the acting is just like a little bit better on average than your than your typical Saw sequel. You and like the I sassy like, guy who's like, uh, I don't think so. Or like whatever <laughs> the stupid <laughs> shitty that he says. Yeah, the worst yeah. one, like I think this was even the trailer. This was that they thought was a trailer line. They're like, well, that's not creepy at all. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of what you're you. talking about with Mortal Kombat. I see is you're that, talking about When did comedy become that? I hate it. <laughs> I hate it so much. It's, it's really bad. Um. But I don't know. I think there's just some, like there's something kind of agreeable and watchable about this. I found that mystery like somewhat intriguing and less convoluted and less like did tiresome you, to follow. Did you follow the turns the way they wanted you to? Like, did you think it was Logan and then stop thinking it was Logan and thinking it was Eleanor? Did you ever think it was Holleran? They were they were expecting me to do way more thinking than I was doing. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't like it's you could you, it is a bad sign when a movie has a twist and you're like well I didn't really have an opinion about that so I don't really <laughs> like, I had not formed much of a I didn't have much at stake here about which of these three anonymous characters might have been Jigsaw's helper or successor I but the mystery that I thought was like dumb but kind of engaging because it's like obviously not this kind of movie is like is jigsaw alive somehow <laughs> which obviously there's never been a horror mo- horror villain so obviously clearly dead as jigsaw who is uh you know they show being cut into small small pieces at the end of at the beginning of saw 4 uh for reasons that t- still are unclear to me why they were performing such a gory autopsy on an old cancer ridden man but uh, because they knew there to... were fucking tapes written. He's written <laughs> He's with positively checked. written with tapes. Yes, that was the like. I know they must have missed so many. Yeah, that was the original like cinematic universe plan. They're like in his toe. <laughs> there's one in his. She's like, oh god, we got to get all the tapes out of this guy. <laughs> <laughs> all, the, all the micro SD chips, the SD chips, etc. He yeah. was actually so... fine. He just ate too many tapes. <laughs> <laughs> cancer yeah yeah the cancer was actually fully based on him ingesting too many tapes it was really that's the that's the final retcon we haven't gotten there yet i did 
I did. You gotta, so I did. You gotta stop hanging out in factories and eating tapes <laughs> like you have cancer. <laughs> I'm so stuffed. There's just one more. Uh, I, Hello, I Jason. Oh, this tastes so good. <laughs> he used to sound like Gilbert Godfrey before he was eating all the tapes. <laughs> I, so I kind of, even though I know it's like there has to be some kind of dumb like reason for it. I did enjoy the idea that they kind of play with it. Again, this is not this is not welcome newcomers to Saw, but because the, my enjoyment of it was like I know that's Tobin Bell's voice on the on the tapes. Yes, <laughs> the very assorted tapes. Because you're a connoisseur. Uh, yes. So I was like, oh, I'm interested to see. Even because I had forgotten everything about this movie since I saw it in 2017. I even read my old review and it, I still didn't. I was like, this happened. Okay, whatever. Uh, <laughs> So I kind of enjoyed the mystery of like, okay, so it does have to be it, Jigsaw recorded these things. It's maybe it'll just be some dumb retcon. But then when you see Jigsaw in the movie, I don't to spoil it three quarters of the way through or whatever. It is kind of a, I mean, then you know, okay, this is just like a time fuckery thing. But I just found it kind of fun that you're kind of wondering, okay, even if you know from Saw that it'll probably just be time fuckery, it's sort of fun to wonder, okay, what's what's their angle on here? How do they how are they how are they putting Jigsaw back into this to the point they exhume his grave and someone else is in it? Uh, again, I'm not sure if that really pays off for anything or where Jigsaw's actual remains are uh, at that point, but. It, I don't know. I found on that level just like kind of an amusingly dumb. How is Jigsaw going to fit into this mystery? The traps aren't that good. The you know the plot's not that good. It's not very good. I would say it's a solid second worst. But I did enjoy it a little more than Saw Seven. Right on. Um, I just found it so infuriating because, um. I feel like everything's so obvious what's happening, like the bodies showing up at the time they do in the narrative, making it so clear that there's like some fuckery happening. Like there's some timing fuckery, but then this movie's twist being like, okay, first of all, there's the timing fuckery. And then the second twist is surprise. I reran the, the exact same traps just to fool you audience. Like it's so (laughs) the writing gets, The writing gets, like, I love, admittedly, I love the same dumb soap opera bullshit in previous entries when they're written in a way that's satisfying. But these ones, to me, are so fucking lazy. Like, there's that new motivational retcon that is like, okay, so now we have this guy, Logan. How are we going to get him in there? Okay, so he's the pathologist who... Uh, he mixed up John's x-ray with somebody else's <laughs> and that's the reason that he got cancer is what they're trying to get us to believe now. Like if he had gotten the right x-ray, they would have found the cancer and he would have been fine. So, okay, that, that's one motivational retcon. And then we get the reveal that this pathologist guy is the new jigsaw guy. And then we get the reveal, which is like, this is like the bridge too far. I'm throwing off my headphones meme guy which is like j- the reveal that uh jigsaw forgave me mid saw trap because at the very last minute he decided it was an honest mistake that i mixed up his x-ray like they, they say it 
in a line so quickly because they know how bullshit it is. Like, it's just like a quick line in this rant. He's like, oh, yeah, and uh, John let me out because he said it was an honest mistake. And then it goes back to the montage. I, I was even confused about what that referred to, whether it meant the honest mistake of the X-ray switch or the mistake, quote unquote, of him like not waking up in time, uh, you know, to 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 get to at least try to escape the trap. Like, yeah, it was it, the movie's so kind of loosey goosey and incompetent with that. It's hard to tell what he's even talking about, why yeah. the, or why the guy didn't wake up. They just don't really. I it's don't just a really, bunch of hilarious was, nonsense. Yeah, that was actually something I wanted to address with you, Brett. Uh, oh, yeah. You said I'm wrong. To, well, to me, the honest mistake was very much, I think, canonically. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, which you will. You'll be at, you'll be at me like a rap drain pipe. But um, <laughs> this is chronologically the earliest full jigsaw game we see yes they actually do say that a couple times too yes. yeah yes um so i think the honest mistake he's referring to i think he did botch the uh the um the sedatives a bit and i think that's mostly what he's referring to when he says honest mistake he messed up the what a bit the dosage right yeah yeah. Oh, yeah. That makes more sense to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That the, this I, is. Yes. This is like a. You know, this is like a. This is like young. This is like uh, Jigsaw the early years. Yes. You know, he's still figuring out his ratios. <laughs> um, yeah, this is Jigsaw has, babies. It's young Jigsaw yeah. coming this coming next <laughs> Jigsaw fall from Lionsgate Television. Yeah. <laughs> well, in I love that we see him. I guess in this version. He hasn't decided how front-facing to be in terms of being the CEO of uh, Deadly Traps Incorporated because he's, like, interfacing with his last two victims, just, you know, undisguised. He's just chatting with, like, they get to see, this is like when you get to go on the tour and see how Disney World works. They get to see this, like, deluxe (laughs) premiere access to Jigsaw where you get some FaceTime with him as he's, like, making the traps. He's, like, talking to you as he's, like, shelling the shotgun. Like... That just seems like a huge. I mean, I feel like the hardcore jigsaw people, like that the chick who's who's the jigsaw fangirl, which I do think is a fun kind of fun touch in this. Yes, she would get such a kick out of that, being able to see jigsaw at work before he sets you in a trap to die. <laughs> yeah, it also like it, it, it's one of those things that like it retcons some stuff and then takes for you know this is really early on in like his jigsaw career. I feel like he doesn't get to the point where he's like you've got it all backwards until like later on in his life. To me, the earlier jigsaw would just be like, try not to shoot each other and leave the gun (laughs) and then then leave the room. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that's another thing is like jigsaw in this, this, I guess tracks a little with it being early for him. He's just like doing puns. He's like, uh, uh, don't, shoot backwards see you later and then <laughs> and it's just like yeah the ba- the gun is backwards be careful um there's also a few funny de- it just felt like it's he's phoning it in there but there's a few other funny details like um the producers used to joke on the commentaries on the old ones and i brought it up like you know if we do enough sequels it's going to get to like really petty grievances that jigsaw is having to fight for <laughs> And I feel like we got to one here when he's the, the big reveal is like, first of all, the guy's name is Mandela Van Peebles. He's Mario Van Peebles' son who's in this <laughs> fucking trap. So we have the petty grievances. And then there's like the big reveal. Uh, you sold my nephew a motorcycle and you didn't check the brakes. And now he's dead. 
and that's why you're here. And it's like, wow, so Jigsaw's really just... I guess, again, now that you mentioned it's the first one, it does kind of make sense where it's like, okay, so he's just, you know, his nephew was killed, so he killed that guy. He's kind of working his way up to, like, criminals. He's first, first it's personal. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> there's even... The, yeah. There's also the nosy... He's a nosy neighbor. The other girl who's in there yeah. is in there because she killed her baby, which the, the way they show that he knows that is just, like, him in his apartment or his house, just, like, at his he's desk. Drawing the tr- he's sketching the trike. Which <laughs> yeah, I don't yeah. think it's something that oh, needs yeah. to be designed, frankly. It's a tricycle. <laughs> we yeah. know what those look like. There's already one of those. He's doing his sky- tricycle. He's doing his tricycle sketches, <laughs> overhearing their neighbors fighting, and then he ends up like that story is so convoluted, and the way that he like knows it is just insane. But I do now that I'm th- now that I'm like internalizing the fact that this is like the first saw trap and stuff it does make a lot of that stuff work a little better for me but i still i still think this movie is just um it's just too neutered for me and like there's that whole he's uh, a fucked up war veteran from fallujah thing which i like but that's pretty underdeveloped yeah Tom, where do you put I think they only even allude to it like a couple of times yeah Uh, it's it's murky yeah. What were you going to ask? I was just going to ask Tom where he puts this in terms of the is someone who came to this, the franchise later, where would you and presumably watch these a little closer together than, than you know, there wasn't a seven year yeah. gap for you watching this. I don't have um, like a full on saw ranking. Obviously, I think like one and two are like really good exercises in first of all, like indie horror, and then second of all, like indie horror sequels. Um, I think those two like really stand stand by themselves. I don't hate three, and then everything just kind of uh, gets jumbled up, and then um, you know you fart out uh, final chapter and jigsaw at the end. <laughs> did yeah. you you did you listen to the did you watch the commentaries on the final chapter and all that? I shit? did. Um, like the meat of my arguments, I think, are going to be mostly like based back on the final chapter um because that that's the one i paid the most attention to um before i recorded this and before i watched jigsaw but i really um obviously you talked about this on the last podcast and uh, i don't want to like relitigate anything but like um the writer's commentary was so uh first of all like informative and then second of all lively which is yes. just like all the things that making this film didn't seem like it was yeah <laughs> like you you can tell these dudes are first of all like heartbroken and then second of all like a little manic and giddy that yeah. their two films got massacred into this just like one piece of shit yeah super uh, weird disjointed yeah. scenes that don't belong yeah it's a mess but at least it, but at least it's just like it, at least it's just shit being thrown at you the entire time rather than someone um like setting you down like a little shit platter which is what jigsaw is <laughs> as if it's like a fancy meal like at least they had the at least they had the conviction to like sit you down in a room and just fling pieces at you like like apes <laughs> I love that. It's well, that's that's absolute. That that plays out exactly as you're describing, especially in that opening sequence, the worst fucking opening sequence of any Saw movie, where it's just like a guy being chased and then shot by the cops, and he's got a trigger for like everything you love about horror, 
um, a poorly staged car chase with the and a shootout with the cops. Like it just isn't yeah. exciting. It does. It's like it's like we're saying. It's not like it's not enticing to fans of Saw. It doesn't like well, bring back anything. The producers say this is a different type of Saw movie, and well, it's very yeah, exactly. exciting. And, like, it's hard to imagine anyone anyone being excited by that opening. Like, ooh, let's see where the this goes. The only thing that's exciting about it is to hear Charlie Clauser kind of rework his yeah, score. Yeah. It's like the slow version of Hello, Zep. It's it's like, do-do-do, My only memory of seeing this in the movie theater was the Lionsgate logo starts and like the theme cues up immediately like yeah. the like the mortal Kombat theme under the new line logo and as with the mortal Kombat theme under the new line logo i was immediately like fuck yeah let's go let's do it yeah then, boy like, are you gonna be disappointed place. tomorrow yeah let's hope spiral opens with tobin bell screaming so <laughs> <laughs> dude could you imagine again like the audience would lose their goddamn minds <laughs> Just blaring fucking Hello Zep right at the beginning. Oh, it'd yeah. be so good. In Dolby, presumably. Oh. I'm gonna write a Saw movie, and they're gonna play this clip on the on the news one day when I write a Saw movie. I just want to I want to want to put it in here now. Um, what else do I need to talk about? Oh, the traps. So the, we talked about the opening is a fucking. The Edgar Munson test opening. It's a guy car chase running to the top of a roof. He's holding a trigger. And, you know, he clicks the trigger and the game starts and he gets shot to shit by the police. Then we cut to a side note just for us. Yeah. But the producer's commentary is so limp and depressing on this movie. <laughs> that it made me feel like I had less insight after I watched it. <laughs> well, you know <laughs> what I did? We did learn my own thoughts watching this film. <laughs> we did learn that the, this guy, Edgar Munson, in the opening scene. He didn't live in Toronto where they were shooting and he didn't tell them that. So he, <laughs> this guy like made, like, took it upon himself to get to the set, but he didn't even have a car. So like him and his wife who was pregnant or they just got married, excuse me. They like bought two cars en route from wherever they were to Toronto because like they bought a car for 500 bucks and it broke down. So they bought another car and that guy drove all the way there to be the guy who gets shot in the opening scene of Saw Jigsaw. So yeah, it's pretty depressing commentary, I would say. It starts on that. It's note. one of those yeah, it's one of those stories that they think is cool and then you realize it's like one of those like Uber press releases where it's like uh Chandra works eight jobs a day. <laughs> yeah. and, uh, You're like, can you just send a car for this guy? What the fuck's wrong with you? Yeah. Yeah. And they talk about how important it is to get the first trap right in these movies because that ends up being the thing that they use as like a teaser and a trailer and they go to Comic-Con with it and it becomes a a focal point. And for this one, it was the Buckethead Room, which is kind of it's not only is it not that interesting, isn't it pretty fucking similar to the one where they all wake up in a room with chains around their neck? It's the same fucking thing. It's the same fucking thing. It's pretty lame. Um, and the producers, as always, now that House of Jigsaw at this point in time is dead, those people have migrated to Reddit. So these people are talking about <laughs> producers are scouring Reddit now. And they're like, the people have guesses about who's under the buckets and they're all wrong. And they, and they really enjoyed that. Um, what was I going to say? Well, that's because it's just nobody that matters. Yeah, exactly. I'm just like, yeah, the twist is it's just a bunch of people you've never heard of. Cool. 
Um, uh, what was I going to say? The jigsaw piece in the guy's neck has a flash drive in it, which is pretty funny. We like that. Um, these movies are always, you know, unclear, ambiguous time and setting wise. Uh, oh, there's a, wanna... Yeah, go ahead. Something that I think actually works about the movie. Um, no, I forgot that. And now I'm taking up something. That yeah, it was like uh, <laughs> just something that works about the movie. It's just like crickets. There's nothing happening. Uh, I did think um, so. I think one of the main annoyances for me in this and like a couple of, I think Saw 5 is Saw 5 is the one where they realize the end that they ought to work together and they would have been fine. Yeah, uh, I believe that's right. Is, yes. Yeah. Um, and this one has that same kind of character where it's like someone who for some insane reason thinks alluding to the fact that they know more about the traps than everybody and then just not like mentioning it after is going to like be a good tactic um where it's like yeah. that journalist or five who just like knows about everybody and obviously all he's doing is making everyone think he's like in on the game right and for some reason he just won't tell every anybody he's a journalist even though like someone's trying to murder him with puppets <laughs> like this isn't the time to be coy <laughs> right I just... well, there, yeah there's also there's something that i remember noting at the time and and i wonder maybe if i missed something or that i would you know it would play better now after having watched all seven in relatively quick succession, but it doesn't. The dilemma with the needles is so terribly written. Oh my God. And directed and executed. Uh, it's like a cool dilemma. There's three needles. One of these, one of these traps is for this. Yeah. The next this... trap is the needle trap. Yeah. They're all the, about to get hung. Thing. If they don't stick this if, trick if with if the someone, needle. If someone, he won't say who yeah. needs to identify which of these needles will it be the antidote to the poison rather than a saline solution that will, uh, I mean, I think any jab will, will get them, will stop them from hanging, but she will personally die if she doesn't get the antidote. Uh, and there'll be clues on the on the on the syringes that'll tell you. And she almost immediately comes to it and figures out which one it is. I want to know what the other numbers represent. <laughs> what if yeah. she's a random number generator? She she even says it out loud. Yeah, I know. Even if she doesn't make that decision, the guy holding he the needle is done her, it, and yeah. then just decides to give her all three. Any, these are two people in the same room at the same time who know what the goal is, which is to stay alive. Neither of whom seem to have much interest in even trying to figure that no, out. No, well, the scene is so ineptly staged. She yeah. figures it out, screams instead of doing it, I guess because she's afraid of the needle. They don't really establish why. I mean, you, at this point, it seems like she has nothing to lose if she feels like she has a beat on which one is the right one. So she screams. The other guy screams at her. She screams back. He screams and jabs her with all three, and she dies. And this is, I mean, and she dies. Her like blood comes out of her eyes. Like nothing happens. Yeah, it's not very exciting. Yeah, she was being injected with acid. So you think something really gnarly is going to happen, and she like, you know, uh, just kind of dies. This is a tasteful song movie. Remember? Yeah, so tasteful. Well, and the thing is, like, yes, there are things. There are instances in the past Saw movies that are very much like this, where someone is kind of figuring it out, and the only way that movie can figure out as brett has mentioned before and i think the producers mentioned on some commentaries like ultimately people want to see the traps go off so yes. it's hard to have too many people win yeah. them they always so say that. And, yeah and sometimes they fudge that by just having someone 
like just not do it like you know it's like very it's very jj abrams actually it's like proto jj abrams logic where you know like in that's 2009 star trek it's like spock is recounting how he was asked for help by the romulans and he was like they asked me for help but it didn't work you know like they don't talk about like how it didn't work or why right. it didn't, what what didn't work the same thing with the, some of these saw traps they'll just be like ah scream scream and, and it doesn't there are so off. many better ways to go about it though like obviously you want to see the trap go off but the trap wasn't just have this idiot jam three needles <laughs> yeah. into this woman's neck yeah like, also this is also, a good argument they could for... do like an allergy test they could inject <laughs> oh, yeah. like a little bit uh of each into her hand then she walks around with a gnarly hand for the rest of the movie. That's yeah. better than just like having, having her. Yeah. Jigsaw yeah. is an omnipresent force. And I know that because he knows that she only got $3.53 in that robbery. <laughs> like, yeah. I love the details in here that Jigsaw yeah. knows. It's like ridiculous. She does actually say three fifty three out loud yes. in the bar. Yeah. Like, she does. All it takes then is someone with reading comprehension to be like, okay, well, let's try this one. Yeah, they didn't <laughs> do that at all. They just they just jabbed her. Yeah, yeah. so these people aren't I'll aren't the smartest. Two minutes That's another problem. <laughs> like I I can't, like it's I just don't care about any of the characters here. It's even, in either story. Like the A story, these people are pretty boring and one note. And you can tell again, like what like Tom was saying, like these people are like it doesn't behoove anyone to lie and yet like in these movies because of the writing they're all just lying until the big reveal later that like oh i'm actually lying about this i did kill my baby or whatever like yeah it's also silly um and like audience it's just like a wild world away from like killing your baby and then like uh, doing petty theft and being yeah. like a cowardly child and, like... or like selling a bike to to jigsaw's nephew <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it's so silly. Also, the one of not the next. Okay, I guess we'll just go in order. The next trap is then like the guy getting caught in the leg wires because he did took a shortcut that said don't go this Which way. Which is sort of it's sort of trap three point A. Uh, <laughs> yes, but that's a question right? that the producers joke about. I I can't tell if they're joking on the commentary when they say you know this is a problem in the movie that we had with the writing and we just never like we never we never addressed it like they're like what happens if he didn't go through the through the you know attempt to go through the shortcut how would they have gotten to the silo which i don't think is that big a deal like i think the writers probably have an answer for that but the producers were like yeah no that's a stupid thing there the writers didn't have an answer well they said like uh there were going to be like maybe shots of like jigsaw hanging out outside the barn watching you know it's yes. like oh i wonder what they're doing <laughs> um so I imagine what he might do is just like scratch, just scratch on the wood behind the no exit sign until one of them goes over. <laughs> I don't know. Just like, just... Yeah, keep steering them the right way. Yeah, no, they did talk about like having, yeah. like, as people are always asking, like, how do people know, like, how do the lights go on and like the doors open? And like, they did say, like, yeah. we had a, like, a, we did shoot you know, like an eye looking through the hole and like, you can just see like there's a guy behind the scenes, like pulling a bunch of wires. I imagine like Kevin McAllister in home alone with, the, with the cardboard cutouts. I'm, just I'm, I'm picturing more like a light board off in, in, in college theater. Like you, know, <laughs> yes. you, you get someone to like do the face. Yeah. And, and cue the grain. We're going to cue yeah. the grain. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, the pro okay, and then we get to the grain silo, which I think is better on paper than it is in execution, because like we've seen people. I don't know. This isn't that exciting. People are just drowning in grain, and then they know it's not exciting. The producers even said 
you know, this isn't exciting enough. So another producer was like, yeah, just throw, have them have some shit drop on them. <laughs> like, it's just like, it's such like an afterthought. They're like, yeah, just throw yeah. some like saw Again, blades at you them. Can, you can chalk this up to young Jigsaw, but there was a chance everybody got into that silo and immediately was just killed by the implements. And then he's just going to stand there being like, oh. God damn it. Just like, just like huffily, huffily like dismantling the spiralizer. Didn't even get to use it. Put <laughs> <laughs> it back in its case. Yeah, it's our Airbnb, so we have to be out of there by five. <laughs> now I gotta haul this thing. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think someone, I think, Brett, you might have pointed me to someone's review on Letterboxd where they were like, what is this, saw for babies? Like, there's there's another person almost drowns in rotted pig gut corpses, and here it's grain. So, yeah, so it's, it's, yeah, it's such a, yeah, this whole movie's lame. Then the next trap is the spiralizer, which doesn't do anything, as we've described. It's like it's it's ironically set up as like there's a motorcycle engine on top just for aesthetics, just because it has that meaningful connection to Jigsaw. Like it really yeah, and like the barest hint of like the sole irony. Yeah, so, like, yeah. It's not well, even you know what? Irony. It's, I'm I'm it's looking extreme. at it different. It's not even irony. It's just a punishment. Yeah, like I'm looking <laughs> at it from the light now, as since we talked about it, like as this being Jigsaw for ba- j- ba- baby Jigsaw, and that's what is that is like a. I'm I'm letting that be an excuse for how lame all these traps are and like accepting that. But like what a horrible pitch for your movie. Like, okay, we're gonna do a it's gonna be the first time Jigsaw made traps and they're all gonna be really shitty and bad. <laughs> it's like okay. But like that's up for us to decide whether or not we believe that's us just talking amongst ourselves, deciding on whether or not we actually believe that. Like there's none of that in the actual movie. None of that's in the text unless you really want it to be. That's true. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because as a movie, it's just they're so underwhelming. Like the shotgun key thing is interesting. Like the big reveal that like the the keys had, uh, the the keys for their whatever their their trap was in the shotgun shell, and they ruined I it by shooting he says, it. He holds up the shotgun shell and says like, "This is the key to your freedom." Yeah, or like, "This key to your freedom is inside here." It's classic. <laughs> it's classic jigsaw where he's like, "Your son is in a safe and secure place." <laughs> Don't worry. I did I say oh, did like I say safe, safe weird safe location? Yeah. yeah, he says a safe and secure place, and it's like and uh, he said. I, I like to imagine safe, him saying it weird location. Yeah, like uh, he says it weird, and he's like, "Oh, did they catch it? Did they catch me say safe weird?" He's gonna find him. Um, yeah, and then and then after that's the laser collar, which I gotta say, it's like a big CGI play, and like the way that scene is staged is really interesting, and we can talk about it, but. Um, I don't know the rev- uh, the VFX of like a guy's face peeling like a like a banana is is a sort of flower. is sort yeah yes. like a lotus flower it's it's sort of satisfying but I do want to know what the big ending was that they keep alluding to that they changed but they will never apparently talk about it. This is what this is what's sad about Saw is that we're all three of us you know we've uh, done our homework more than most Saw fans would and we're giving these films a pass based on like the things that they say they might have done <laughs> i know that's how I, I ended up loving the final chapter based on shit that's just not there like it's just <laughs> then I you love like it. gaslight yourself. these movies are essentially just yeah i mean these are like the ultimate horror gaslighting movies where it's like uh you know there's a twist you know what the twist is probably gonna be um <laughs> J- jigsaw loves 
terrible riddles, like <laughs> sub like, sub Stiltskin shit. <laughs> so the threads connecting. It's like Edgar from the opening scene is a criminal informant. Yep. That criminal informant worked for Holleran. And if it weren't for Holleran letting that killer on the loose, Logan's wife would still be alive because this informant killed his wife. So, like, that's the whole impetus for Logan being a fake jigsaw. Um, there's a hilarious reveal where they're, like, doing the, like, rewind, here's what happened. And it's, like, Logan with a sniper rifle <laughs> shooting, shooting that guy on the yeah. roof. That moment is hysterical where it's like, oh, the the cops are going to shoot him and I'm going to shoot him and it's going to be perfect. Like, like the thought of every little thing. Like, I, I love those moments. <laughs> they devote a solid four minutes of that movie just talking about the differences between bullets so that that scene can make sense. Yes, they do. They're like, yeah, the bullet's different and they show him like trading it out. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, Jigsaw put the what? pieces of Logan's life back together. Um, I have a question about the kind of towards the end of the movie, and I might have just, you know, I might have just been zoning out here, but I couldn't find the answer in Wikipedia summary either. What happens to Eleanor? She just leaves? She just gets out of there? Yeah, they keep her alive, so I'm assuming they plan to use her in the next movie, but the movie never happened. <laughs> Honestly, I would be psyched if Eleanor, the dark web trolling Jigsaw fan. Yeah, we haven't even talked her. about, yeah, Eleanor is a fangirl who has like a museum of all the saw traps from the previous movies, which, fun fact, as I mentioned previously, they always sell off the props from these movies because the fans love spending thousands of dollars to buy them. So they had to recreate all these traps again because they sold them off yep. already. <laughs> so they like recreated all those traps or like fake versions of them to put on display in this museum. And there was this whole other sequence apparently with the spiralizer that they were going to do, but they ended up cutting right. it out. Um, do you want to explain that or do you want me to? Do you remember what it was? Oh, me? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, um, she, they say, uh, I don't remember the names of any of the people in this movie because it's a Eleanor movie. is the fangirl um, and Logan okay, is yes. the fake jigsaw. Right, that's right. So at one point, you know, Logan comes back to Eleanor's uh, uh, workshop, I suppose, with the, which she keeps with a few other people and uh, sees the big spiralizer and she offers to like show him how it works and I think suspends him over the spiralizer and then, you know, there's like a... Uh, Okay, I didn't now realize it's a pun. There's a dicey bit where it seems like he might um, <laughs> fall into the spiral, and then she reveals it's like fake and has rubber blades. Um, and that was meant to be like a playful. Like to, I don't know if it made the film better. Probably would have been a bit more fun. It was. It was supposed to be like a fake out. You think Eleanor's jigsaw moment, and then it's like, aha! No, yeah. it's just rubber blades. But like the timing of it was going to be. It, it basically was supposed to be this big reveal that, like, didn't end up really happening. Um, and, like, again, I mentioned it's, like, the focal point, and it, for some it's just so boring. It's like, they, it's like they did it all on the visual. They're like, yeah, you know, Billy the puppet's got spiral on his cheeks, uh, so we got to make a spiral trap, but it really just looks like an oven burner, but it really doesn't have any meaning, and it doesn't really do anything. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, the producers talk about learning a lesson from Saw 4, which is that if you hold back all the information to the end, you run the risk of people not being able to piece it all together. But on the other hand, they didn't want to let people know too early. So they wanted people to see, um, you know, the body and think it's the person's body. But then at the end, they reveal the different, the two traps. It's so like concept. The, the one interesting thing I found on this, on this commentary, and maybe Tom could speak on it too, is that like, they talk a lot about how like conceptually things work great 
and how like in the scripting phase things sound really good on paper and even for the story they stay they are good but like just when you're filming them they don't work and like how these movies are so written on the fly and those things always just like end up cut or they like write around them and i just think that's interesting no exactly there's like there are so many insurmountable problems in all of the source scripts and yet all of their energy is put into very surmountable problems and details that no <laughs> one really gives a shit about like their eye is off the ball 24 7 but one of the first things they say about this movie was we wanted to get away from like the police procedure like parts of this movie there is more of that in this movie than there is in any of the other ones and then the second soft reboot or whatever you want to call it is going to be a cult movie as well if they're going to expand this franchise any further give me a fuck i don't care give me a fucking like found footage movie of some kids trying to like do jigsaw yeah or, dude. Like, or just yeah, like the have, lost tapes have like a bunch of old tapes yeah. come it doesn't yeah. it doesn't need to also be a cop fight in like finding jigsaw like it could be anyone i don't want to see a jigsaw. cop in these movies ever again i just want yeah. they already <laughs> exist in like a in like a world that doesn't isn't ours we already we always talk about that like how the, they purposefully don't tell you where it is or when it is uh, and it's I like think a that fucking snow globe, but like, <laughs> if Jigsaw were real, he would be the most famous man in America, and there's no reason to at least not like try to look at that a bit more. Like that's yeah. the most interesting thing to be about, like how Saul could continue, and all they want to do is give us these movies where a bunch of um d plus actors snap at each other until <laughs> until someone gets their head chopped up in an, in, in, in like in an angle different from the last movie <laughs> yeah this working title of this one was saw legacy i don't know if you guys like that better than jigsaw i think it works better as a title because jigsaw doesn't do a lot in this movie well yeah right but also like there is no legacy and second <laughs> of all like the spirit brothers don't care about the legacy yeah, you can um, see why they changed. And this is one of the worst things. First of all, it's barely a soul film. And then second of all, it doesn't even have they don't even have the fucking wherewithal to make it a Spirit Brothers film. It's just in this like weird limbo between Yeah. Uh between being anything worthwhile. Yes. Did any, did you guys see Winchester, which came out like two months after this? Another spirit. Well, I never saw that another one. That Scout Tafoya episode where he really <laughs> liked it, and I was like more neutral on it. Um, <laughs> one of the three movies I've ever seen of... at Williamsburg Cinemas. Ooh, I do have a couple of tidbits um, from when I spoke to Lee Wano back when uh, Upgrade came out. Oh, please. Uh, he revealed to me that he has not seen all of the Saw movies. Um, so uh -huh. it, it is it is weird to think that I have seen more Saw than the guy <laughs> who came up with it. Oh yeah, <laughs> me too. Fun. Yeah. Um, and second of all, um, we spoke about. Uh, I'm also a big Leftovers fan. I don't know if there are any other uh, uh, Leftovers heads oh, yeah. in the house, um, but. Right. Um, you know, obviously, Spirit Brothers are Australian, uh, and um, Upgrade and uh, Upgrade and uh, and uh, Predestination were both shot in Australia, as well as Leftover Season Three. All three of which use this specific narrow, futuristic-looking staircase at one point or another. Um, 
And when I asked Lee Wano about it, he said the Spirit Brothers had specifically told him about that staircase, but failed to mention that they had used that in the film. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Lee seems like a really fun like, guy to talk to. He was like, oh, they used that staircase in their movie? They didn't tell me that. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I thought they were scouting locations for me. What the hell? Yeah. Um. But so that is another tidbit that I have, which is uh, I guess they have this. I guess they do have a relationship, but it seems like everyone involved in this was entirely uninterested in uh, making the same movie as the person next to them. And no one really talked about what that movie was going to be. <laughs> yeah. And like they say, the last trap is an homage to the first one. And I'm like, how? It's just because it like has white tile. Like that's what, like that's as far as it goes. They just tried to pay. It's just like we did a. It's like the saw bathroom, but updated and modern. I'm like, not really, but okay. <laughs> if if you want to okay, say so that, I think it does work in this movie. You were going to talk about, um, you know, the final trap, and there are a few things. I did like. Uh, it is a nice shot when he realizes there are the, there are no burn marks above. Yes, uh, there's like uh, an yeah, extra beat ceiling, above Logan's ceiling. Yeah, yeah, that's that cool. Is, that is, I think, the first time the film impressed me even a little bit. <laughs> yes. Yeah, there's the whole fake-out scene where Logan fakes his own death just to get Holleran to, like, admit his thing that he's trying to get him to admit. Uh, and then he gets up off the ground and is like, ta-da, I'm alive, and now you're going to die by this actual laser thing because these lasers are actually turned on now. Um, yeah, that scene's pretty satisfying. Um, one weird thing that I, I didn't look it up, but I'm pretty sure it's true. This movie did not come out in 3D, right? No, I don't think it, so. Why does it look like it was shot for 3D sometimes? Like, it has this weird... Especially the stuff coming out of the silo. Yes. Uh, the silo the, scene is... Yes. Yeah. I, think it's just, I think it's just a product of cheap CGI or something. But, like, it has this uncanny look where it's like, oh, this looks like a cheap thing falling at me. And it, it's, it's that <laughs> scene mostly. But there's a couple times throughout where I'm like, was this in 3D or am I misremembering? But... It. I don't know what that is. It's. Just, it's. I think it's, it's just the first, bad digital. It's the first time. Also, like the point of saw is like these movies, like you said, like they're like gritty. They don't necessarily look very good. Um, and like every single blade in Jigsaw looks like Wolverine's claws from like the first X Men. It's like way too shiny and yeah. like obviously not there in real life. <laughs> yeah, it's all. This one is just like clearly imitation. It's like for the first time. Uh, the people that we know that are making Saw, um, it's like a different crew this time. It's a new, it's a new set of directors. It's a new uh, group of writers. Sure, the score is Charlie Clauser's back. The editor Kevin Groydert's back, even after being forced at gunpoint <laughs> to direct the last one. Um, so, oh, like, it it I. does it does feel and look like you know it's not the same people anymore. And I think they could have gone in a number of interesting directions with it. And they kind of opted to. Just I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no you... go ahead. I was just gonna say they had a number of directions they could have gone with it, and they didn't really choose any. Yeah. It just kind of lays there, uh -huh. and it ends up being the the reveal. Just feels like any other Saw sequel. And now I don't know. Like if I were to want to, like if I were to write a sequel to these, it's like would I even want to include this one, or would I? you know, say this is a sequel to the final chapter and this one doesn't exist. And I'm well, leaning the towards is, you don't the, need, you yeah. don't, you don't even need to erase this one because like, what is it even, what is not erasing it do? Like <laughs> nothing. It just adds some dumb backstory to Jigsaw. Well, and, like we get to, does David Boreanaz come back? 
Yeah. And Eleanor. It's easy enough to explain. Like, it, it's really is. It, they made this very erasable Saw movie. Like, it's going to erase itself. You could, even if Spiral doesn't, I don't think, I doubt Spiral will go out of its way to ignore this one because it's, it's more They're like, hey, remember Edgar people. Munson? That yeah. guy who was shot? <laughs> that didn't happen, goddammit. Yeah, it's like, you, the movie erases itself. You don't need to, to get it out of continuity. It's sort of just, it's so forgettable that it doesn't matter. Yeah. So that's really my take on this one. Um, it's most, it's very forgettable. It's probably my least favorite entry. Um, and it's funny because you know they say at least like, they don't have to look at Hoffman's fucking face <laughs> for like thirty minutes. I kind of miss like, that truly... ugly mug, you know. <laughs> I, and no, I, I, I think I, I was feeling some of the relief too, like just you know, like the kind of lizard brainy like i like those most of these people are attractive enough like like that's you know that aspect of it was like somewhat soothing for a saw movie where you're not watching a bunch of people who are like sweaty underpaid like you know like hey that guy drove all that way to be there <laughs> he must have really wanted to be there he's that's not like that kind of the actors are chained to the movie kind of aesthetic of the of the sequel of the saw other saw sequels so this Mandalore looks like the stand-in for whoever was playing um, Trump in that like King Lear Shakespeare in the Park <laughs> remake, <laughs> or that fucking Brendan Gleeson Showtime show yeah. with Jeff Daniels yeah. or whatever. Oh. He looks like oh, what a repellent-looking man. Uh, <laughs> I don't want to make it about looks, but I really just don't like Castle's Mandalore well, at all. I, I really think, as, as I've said on other episodes, I really, the way I try to get around it, because I've been very mean to him, is that I really think it's Hoffman. I think it's the aura of Hoffman even more yeah. than him as actor. Like, I, he, I bet he's one of those guys where if you see him in real life, he's like perfectly, perfectly nice looking. He would be so big and a, intimidating. You could say I'm not much of a Mandalorian. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I've made that joke. Boo. <laughs> no, I'm just no, kidding. Okay. Um, I love to hear it, so I'm glad. I'm um, <laughs> when they were tasked with making this, they were like, do we do a prequel, a sequel, a reboot? What do we do? There are gaps in the timeline you can visit, like what happened between three and four? What was this character doing while another movie was happening? And then they ended up doing this. It's just so funny to me that, like, <laughs> I don't know. They keep talking about Seven uh, on the behind-the-scenes doc. They're just like, yeah, we viewed the original movie as Seven. That's what we named Twisted Pictures after because we thought Seven was twisted. They're just... They're just... <laughs> That's not what naming something after is, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> I was, it was named after an adject, a, a very general adjective that might apply to... No, that's not... Okay, sorry. Yeah. I don't <laughs> have anything Twisted else. Twisted Pictures to... have any other, like, franchises in the mix no they don't have anything <laughs> like, did they yeah did they even make the collector i'm not sure like the collector is like the only other thing i can think of that is like a, it's Their patrick dunstan is it's very thin they made dead silence the james wan's follow-up to saw yeah um mm. they made repo the genetic opera darren lynn's bowsman's follow-up to saws two through four um they made a few other things here and there i guess they made something that ryan Philippi directed him that's interesting well that doesn't uh, but mostly <laughs> <laughs> there's mostly they're a saw factory um and occasionally, I guess they'll 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 do a solid for someone, a friend of the soft franchise. <laughs> do you guys remember uh, that movie Wish Upon back in two thousand seventeen? Yeah, uh, with uh, Joey the... King. Joey King. Um, I remember that it's one of my favorite horror film moments. It's, I mean, you can barely call it a horror film, but here we are. Um, 
and she asks the Chinese wish box, one of her wishes is for her dad to not be embarrassing. And the very next scene is her and her other 13-year-old friends watching him play in like a jazz quartet, like <laughs> su- super into it. <laughs> and that's like, He's... Her, wish was, her wish was granted by means of him becoming a jazz musician. <laughs> <laughs> I never, that was one of those PG-13 horror movies that don't get screened that I didn't catch up with. Very rare. Yeah, same, same I did not here. catch uh, up with that one. But that Ryan Philippi is the dad. Um, oh. And so if you want to watch Ryan Philippi play a saxophone and see I do. three three preteen three like young teenage girls entranced in the way that no teenage girl would ever be by a dad playing jazz. Well, yeah, you just it sold is, me on that movie. Yeah. It is great. a it is a fantastic fucking moment. I'm now fascinated by Catch Hell. This movie is not only directed by Ryan Philippi, but uh co-written by him and starring him and i don't know if he wrote the 2700 word wikipedia summary of the plot that is there (laughs) (laughs) but someone did and i don't imagine it was someone who didn't work on the movie (laughs) um oh my god but and it is also noted in wikipedia as the only non-horror film from twisted pictures um I've oh never, I've literally never heard of this movie before. It's called Catch Hell. I'm now very interested in it. It may have replaced Marty as the movie I am very interested in and will not watch unless it's on Tubi. Uh, I'm just going to watch MacGruber again because someone said the words Ryan Philippi. Yes. <laughs> His best performance. I keep noticing MacGruber references and things, and I hope that continues in, in life. Uh, um, also, P.S. Catch Hell is on Tubi as well as Amazon Prime. Fantastic. <laughs> So if you, you want know, to see I the other Tubi. I just used Tubi for the first time. It's pretty good. I love it. <laughs> we talk it's a lot great. about the, the dirtbag. We talk a lot about the dirtbag streaming services, aka the free ones with ads. <laughs> the picture quality is amazing, and uh, it gets fooled by even the easiest ad blocker, so you can just actually watch proper things. Oh, oh I right. love that. That's good to know. Yeah. Um, I just want to say congratulations to Best Picture Nomadland. Um, because this episode's out on Monday, and I'm pretty sure that's what's going to win Best Picture. (laughs) Ooh, spooky prediction. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and call that now. I I, I just, is there any other, this is such a weird year. I don't want to get into it. Well, Jesse and I will get into it on the bonus episode, which we're going to record right now. Uh, The Patreon episode that... That's out now. This episode's in the future on Monday. I can't keep track of what's happening. Um, this episode uh, will be the last for it. Or they'll probably take a week off, and then we'll be back with a catch-up episode, and then we'll be back with uh, Spiral uh, from the Book of Saw. And I'm trying to talk to like Lee Winnell or um, Darren Bowsman or Chris Rock or somebody. I've actually partnered up with Yahoo Entertainment, and they're interested in me doing some stuff. So I'm hoping I'll get some nice. people. Um, oh wow. But yeah, we'll see. Hopefully I can finagle them onto the New Flesh podcast first and pretend like that's the Yahoo thing. We'll see what happens. Uh, congratulations to Nomadland and uh, um, uh, uh, Patreon. This is what we're doing now. I'm delirious. Goodbye. Thank you, Tom. Thank you. <laughs>
I've learned that death is not the end. Of the new flesh. Long live the new flesh. I was hoping you'd be back.